but you know, you have to remember you're in control of your life. This is your life and we each have to live it in the way that's right for us. So what's a priority for you right now was different than what it was a week ago. Welcome to the seven figure flipping podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. And you guys just heard my podcast about New Year, New You. So welcome to 2020. This is the second podcast that we put out from 2020. It's a new year. It's a new decade. And what are you going to be doing with your business, with your life, whether it's personal or professional, all these things. So what we're doing now is I want to dive into this series of success habits. So there's going to be personal success habits, business success habits, and financial success habits over the next few weeks that we're going to bring on some pros. We're going to dive into some of these things and people at different levels of their career and whether it's um, athletics, whether it's real estate, whether it's entrepreneurship, whatever it is, it's just the highest achieving type people. And then how did they get there? What were the things that they did to become successful? So I'm really excited about this because I know that I have basically spent the past few years of my life trying to figure out what, is, what has made me successful? What are the things that work and didn't work in my life that I'm good at and that I could pass it on to our mastermind members and other people that are in my world? So today, I'm really excited because I've got this I got a planner that I use every year and every year I feel like I'm looking for the next one because there's never something that really fits exactly what I want. Uh, being a test pilot and going back to that world, it was always deficiencies and things that were wrong and we're always compensating and doing workarounds for everything and really just trying to figure out why we're losing effectiveness and efficiencies. And so every year I get this planner, I pretty much go like two or three months and then I if you look at mine, it's filled in for a month. Then the second month, it starts slowing down. And then the third month, it's basically empty. And then I'll just use it as a notebook, basically, or a, a book stop or, a, a, you know, something like that. So I try to get organized. I really love note taking, to-do lists. I'm really uh, diligent on things like that. So I'm excited to talk to my guest today because she has created an entire system for not just a planner, but kind of a planning system to be more efficient. So I, I, I don't know a ton about what she does and her planner itself, but I'm excited to dig into it today because it looks like it's exactly what I need and a lot of you entrepreneurs need. So I want to hear the methodology behind creating it and then how to, how to use it and some of the different habits that she's created over the years. And in talking to her beforehand, it sounds like some really exciting stuff. So today, without further ado, for, all the way from Wisconsin, I've got Nina Ferraro. Nina, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for being on. And I love your accent, first of all. So uh, before we start, where do you live in Wisconsin? I live in Kenosha, Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. So I tried to say that before and she said, no, no, no. It's like this. And I said, all right, you're just going to have to say that because it sounds yeah, way cool. Kenosha. We're directly between like Milwaukee and Chicago. Okay. So I assume it's pretty cold there right now. Yeah, it's really cold. <laughs> snow? Is there snow on the ground? No snow, but there was some snow yesterday, so. Okay, so it, that's awesome. So uh, Christmas, you're going to have snow for Christmas? We're recording this a little bit before uh, the new year. Um, so. I hope so. It doesn't ever feel like Christmas here unless there's snow. So. Yeah, I bet. And it's probably pretty rare that there's no snow on the ground. So I've seen a couple flurries here in Nashville. That's about it. So 
All right. So why don't you tell us, tell us a little bit about you and some of your background and kind of set us up for kind of a little bit about your success habits and some things that you've done. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for me, I am a real estate investor, which is how I met Bill. My husband, Mitch and I are in real estate. Um, however, um, I've also created a company called Boldly in Company um, that's entirely focused on productivity. And the interesting thing is I had a whole other life before this. So after I graduated from college, I got into healthcare technology and I was doing these huge implementations. So we, you know, an implementation is an 18 to 24 month project. It could cost a hospital $50 million up to $4 billion. So these are pretty high stakes projects that you've got to get right. And ultimately when I was on these projects, you know, you're working 70 plus hours a week, you're traveling to the hospital that you need to be at. So I was traveling five to six days every single week away from family and the work just never stops. It's work upon work upon work. There's no stopping point. And I got to a point of having so much stress and uh, frustration and anxiety from just how hard the work was and that the stress never went away. It just only got progressively worse as the project went on that I got to a point where I thought I was going to have a breakdown. And that's kind of embarrassing for me to say out loud, but that's the truth. And like some examples of my behavior that really shocked me, or for example, someone at work would just say, Hey, Nina, how are you? And I would like be on the verge of tears because all my stress and all my emotions were like right at the surface. Um, I got mad at a McDonald's worker one day and yelled at them from the drive-thru. I mean, it's like this erratic behavior that made me be like, so what's wrong with you? Like, how is your stress and your frustration and your anger like this palpable that you're just like so quick to react to everything, to someone just asking you, how are you today? And um, the kind of final straw was, um, I felt like my brain wasn't operating how it needed to. So for example, there was one day where I'm at my computer and I'm trying to file a document. It took me like 20 minutes to just put the document in the right folder because I couldn't remember every single time I went to click save where it was supposed to go. And I just did the motion over and over and over until finally I remembered. And I called home and I started crying to my mom and I said, you know, I'm a 26 year old woman, I'm working in healthcare technology and I'm calling home crying. And I said, mom, something's wrong with me. Like I'm acting really erratically, I'm supposed to have my stuff together. I'm supposed to have my life together. And, uh, you know, I can't even remember how to save a file on my document. And she said to me so clearly and so simply, you know, Nina, your brain is tired. And I had never thought about it like, uh, like that. I never thought about, we often think about our brain and body being two separate things. And I just, I don't know that, that statement made me go, I have to figure this out. I have to get better. I have to take care of myself. I cannot, you know, I have a whole life here. I'm not just my work. I'm not, that's not all that I am. So not only do I want to be great at work, but I need to be great for the rest of my life as well. 
And so I went out on like a two-year search mission to figure out everything that I could about wellness, mental health, and combining that with productivity because it was still very important to me that I was the best at my job. So I needed to figure out how to get more done, how to get the right things done and do it at the right time for my brain and body, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so before we go on any further, I, it's, it's interesting that you said all that. My brain is tired because I feel like this a lot. And I think a lot of people that are listening can relate to this 100%. I, I know that at the end of the day, when I've got a ton of stress and a ton of things and my to-do list has just grown that day instead of checking things off, I come out of my office and I feel like I'm really short with my family and my kids. My kids are usually, usually I'll just kind of, but they'll, they'll do something and I just won't know why I react the way that I do. It's right afterwards, you immediately feel like horrible for what you said or did or the reaction that you had and your mind is in another place still. My, I'm still in the office and I, I know that it's, I, I just go, man, it's, it's that other stress. It's not this. This is actually the fun time for me. This I'm having dinner or I'm out on the soccer field or, you know, my five-year-old just dropped something by accident and it just, for me, I don't know why, I react the way that I did, but I can, I can immediately track it back to that place. And recently I posted something on Facebook where I was, I had, my head was just super cloudy. I, I wasn't getting anything done. I would just sit here and 30 minutes would pass by and nothing would be accomplished. And that's not me. That's not where I am. Um, if you're on my staff at seven figure flipping, you'll hear it. I blame Christmas music right now on a lot of that because it's, I feel like it's making me lazy because it's putting me in this like time off type mindset, but really what it, and you, you commented on my post. Cause I said, for me, when I go fly, when I fly airplane or I'm up in the clouds, that's when I feel just relaxed. I feel like I'm focused on doing that. My mind is nowhere else because it has to be, it has to be on. It's very dangerous it's very kind of high performing task that I'm doing and I can just basically remove all the cobwebs. Everything gets cleared out. And you said, you said, do you know what's, what's wrong? Yeah. What did you say? Tired. Totally. Yep. Your brain is tired. 100%. I mean, think about this every day. We are, our brains are bombarded, right? From the moment you wake up, you're on your phone, you're checking email, you're looking at text messages, you're contacting your family, your friends, your workplace, in work, you're, we're all taught, right? We should be able to multitask. Our brain is going nonstop. Whereas, to be honest, not only does your brain actually need a break, but it needs time to heal. So by us being constantly bombarded, you know, we've, we now think that being busy is what's good. And frankly, that's not true. So we've got to um, kind of go backwards in time, if that makes sense, <laughs> to something simpler. But that takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of purposeful effort um, because it's really easy to be distracted these days. Yeah. You know, Tim Ferriss has an awesome quote about busy and productive. He says, focus on being productive instead of busy. Yeah. And I think that's, that's exactly it. If for me, and I don't want to, I don't want to fast forward too far, but my biggest thing that I do every day is I have three things that I need to get done and I set them up ahead of time. So I don't just come into my day, not knowing what 
success looks like for the day, but I got to make sure that I'm productive, not just busy. And I feel like a lot of people, especially in the real estate industry. So a lot of our listeners, real estate investors, anywhere from new real estate investors to advanced real estate investors, but they feel like being busy, like creating a website, setting up a business card, creating their LLC, doing all of these things as they're getting going is actually moving the needle for them when it's really not. It's really the, the money-making activities that they need to be focused on. In the beginning, it's about going out and either, you know, if you're a flipper, you're networking, looking for deals. Or if you're a wholesaler, you're out, you're, you're out looking for buyers and looking for deals. If you're a flipper, you're looking for deals and looking for money. That's the way I look at it. That's the, those are the two actions that you guys need to be doing. Not, you know, setting up the perfect LLC. I, sp I spent like four to six months setting up a great website. I still don't think I've gotten a solid lead from that thing that I yeah. created on my own. And my marketing director just flushed the whole thing down the toilet and did it in like a day. And it's yeah. 10 times as good now because that's what she's awesome at. So I love that. Focus on being productive instead of busy because you said it. We're just, we're like, you, I don't know, maybe it's early on in our life where we're kind of taught that is busy is good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it doesn't help because we're constantly bombarded by our electronics today. So, and there's also a culture and mentality that exists that I think is extremely dangerous, which is you must be reactive and you must react quickly. And when you have leaders in a company who promote that, and encourage it, what you're doing is saying your productive work, your important work, your priorities need to go by the wayside when anything comes up. Sure, there's things you have to adjust to and that become urgent or that you do need to react to in the moment, but that's not everything. And that's a really, really dangerous thing that we're experiencing everywhere right now. Yeah, so... I, I totally agree. I mean, we could go down this path all day. I mean, it's yeah. like discipline equals freedom. So we had Jocko Willink on the podcast, prioritize and execute was one of their laws of combat. I absolutely love that. I teach my team all the time is you've got to know your priorities. You got to prioritize. And that, that thing might take two days is more important than that thing that you can get done in five seconds. That's just a really low priority. That's not doing anything. So, um, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln has a quote that says discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. So I love that because like what, what you want, right? Like right, we're in a now culture, right? Like right now, right now, right now, all the time. I want it now. I want it yesterday. I want it just instead of really, what are we trying to do here? What are we trying to accomplish? And then every single thing that we do, I, I don't, I tell my team, I don't care if you, if you can work four hours and get what you need to do done. And you are at the point where you're performing at a, at a really high level. Great. My yeah. goal is not for you to work 10 hours a day and just you know, push your family away and your kids away. We're in this business for a reason. We work from home for a reason. We want we're doing it for something. And typically it's time. So yeah. if, if my staff, if I'm, if I'm working two hours a week and my staff is working a hundred hours a week, that's not, that's not my goal for them and what they're doing. I want right. them to feel good. I want them to enjoy what they're doing. I want them to be working in their kind of genius zone and what they're really, really good at and being productive. Mm -hmm. So Okay. So you spent all this time, you spent a couple years researching all of this mental health and then also productivity. So what, tell me about that journey. Like, what did you find? Well, the first thing that I found were, and I think you'll like this, are the habits that we must develop. And the biggest thing with that is it requires a little bit of us um, retraining our brains. So for example, in order to be the most productive, you have to be able to 
clear out all the noise, right? So there's a couple things that you can do. I would say the easiest things that you can initially do, which this will find fun, you'll find funny, is clean your space, right? Clear your physical space around you. And it's not about it looking pretty. It's about it being clear and clean and organized because what psychologists have found is that your physical space will reflect in your mind and vice versa. So for example, I know as soon as my mind gets busy, if I just roll with it and I don't like pause and get myself organized, my physical space becomes messy, right? And if my physical space is messy, then my mind feels messy and it, it feels like just too busy. So that's the first really easy thing is your physical space resembles your mind and vice versa. So when you do each of these, can I just jump in on them and tell you what my life looks like? So this might be fun. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say that actually, because I feel that way. I feel like when, my, so I pretty much will do a, like once a month, I'll go, come into my office and just go, this has got to change. I'm taking the half day off and I'm organizing this thing and putting all this junk away. And my, my desk is clear. I've got area to work and it's, it's fantastic. Feel, right? oh, it's time well spent. It feels fantastic. The problem is it's once a month or once a quarter. So if you looked around my office, right, I know you guys see this and I wish at, if I just picked up my computer and show, so you guys are like watching this video, <laughs> there's like junk all over here. There's all this junk on here. Like, oh my gosh. It's embarrassing that, that I even have to show you this and, and that you're going to say that because there's stuff on the floor in the I feel like I'm in this little hive right here that you guys can see that you always see. And sometimes it's all clear and sometimes it's a total disaster. And when it's a total disaster, I know that that's when my mind is cloudy, like I'm talking about now. So you nailed it. And I am 100% guilty of that today and every day, pretty much. And same here. And the goal isn't to be perfect, but it's just to be aware so that you understand that it can have an effect on your mind and your mind on your space. So, um, Another quick thing that you can be aware of is to not promote the idea of multitasking. So um, if you work for yourself or you're an employee, it's to know that the idea of multitasking, you don't want to, um, to engage in it too much or think that that's an asset. It's not. Same with as a leader. You do not want to promote to your team members that they should be amazing at multitasking. The reality is your brain is physically incapable of multitasking. It can only focus on one thing at a time. And if it's distracted by something, then it's thinking about that other thing. And what happens when you multitask, right, or you're trying to do one thing over here and another thing over here and a third thing over here, is to go back to the original task you have to reacclimate and go backwards to that task. So my suggestion is to not try to do five things at once or at the same time. If something's worth doing, it's worth doing by itself. Zone in, get it done, do it well, and then move on. So I understand that you're, you know, we're all in offices in an environment where sometimes we are bombarded by multiple things at once. But set some boundaries for yourself. You know, that's one thing that I think a lot of people forget to do is set boundaries and remember that they're in control of themselves and they have the right and ability to tell somebody, hey, I need just a minute to finish this. Let me come see you when I'm done, right? So 
I think we've got to uh, remember that multitasking isn't a good thing. Yeah, even a even a policy inside the if you got an office space, if I'm in the office, there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, I have an open door policy; just show up whenever you want." It's look if you you got to have a, a time a title for this meeting, what are we trying to accomplish, and how long it's going to take if you want to get with me and have a conversation with me. It's not just pop in and because just like you said, once I am off of this task, it takes me so much more time to re-engage in that task than ever before. The multitasking to me takes me back to military aviation. When I was going through flight school, what I used to do, and we have to do it, and you, this is an area where we absolutely do promote it, because, but I can see where there's a negative side of this in, in business. For us, we have to be able to listen to the radio. We have to be able to talk on the radio. We have to be able to fly, control our monkey skills, make decisions, process yeah. everything all very fast. If you're flying an F-18 or a jet or even a, a, a turboprop, you're going pretty fast or you're low to the ground in a helicopter at 50 feet doing you know, 60, 70 knots. That's, that's a, a high uh, intensity environment. So you've got to process all. So I used to play ping pong and try to recite my emergency procedures and listen to the radio at the same time or I would go for a run I'd listen to my headphones on the radio and I would try to recite the emergencies, the memory items. And it's a challenge. You can find, I'll just stop running and not know why I stopped running. It's because yeah. my, like you said, my brain is not capable of, it does not, doesn't want to do this. No, You're forcing it to do something that it's not designed to do. And that's what we do. And most of the errors that we have, most of the class A mishaps, all the crashes and, 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 People that die in training uh, incidents or overseas are typically human errors. It's a yeah. human error issue, and it's usually a pilot malfunction. It's somebody, it's some decision that was made or something that happened. It was a there's some sort of human error involved in it. It's not typically the machine that breaks. So, it's I I absolutely love this. I think the the biggest thing goes back to that prioritization. So I teach my team to prioritize and execute. And if they know how to put that puzzle together, then they can get those most important tasks done, but focus on it till it gets done. That's why I do those three things right now. My phone is on silent so that I can't even see it pop up with a message on there because if I saw it, I'd look at it. I wouldn't be paying attention to you. Next thing I know, I wouldn't have heard the last couple minutes that you said, and then I would be upset at the message that I got or something right. that I had to do. And it, in my mental to-do list would start adding up. My, my internet, my email is off. My uh, calendar is down. My Facebook page is off. All that stuff is off. It's me and you right here. Otherwise, I won't be engaged in this conversation. Right. Yeah. That's another part of the um, mindset training that we do, which this is going to be the hardest for a lot of people to hear, but it is turn off your notifications. Your, there is some idea that I, I don't know if it's our culture, if it's our age, what it is, but there is some idea that we might miss something and it might be the most critical thing that has ever come up in our life. And how dare we not see it on our phone in that instant and again, react. So for me, when I tell people this, they, this is the hardest thing that people fight me on, which is turn off your text message notifications. Um, maybe you leave on your, you know, ringer or something for phone calls. Cause I feel like when do we really even get phone calls half the time anymore? Um, it's don't get email notifications every time one pops in, but instead have dedicated time for when you're going to check and focus on your email throughout the day, or you're going to purposefully go into your text messages and see who's written you. I promise you, since I've started doing this 10 years ago, Nothing has come up that was an emergency that I wasn't able to handle. 
or handle quickly. There really are never any emergencies. I used to think everything was an emergency. So this is something that allows you to stop that multitasking, stop being distracted, and really zone in and focus. And I'll go back to that original statement about your brain is tired. When you are being distracted by all these things, all you're doing is tiring out your brain and you're allowing yourself to not be as effective, as smart, as functional as you really should be. Yeah, I'd say in my mind, it's I'm not in control anymore. Like somebody else is in control of my day instead of me being in control of my own day. 100%. And for me, it's email. Like my biggest crutch is email. In fact, I have a personal assistant that her whole job now is to manage and check my email. And then if there's something that is an emergency, she will let me know. Because Mm -hmm. then I can be on here with you. And if I've got to get to something right away, well, she's not going to get to me right now unless she calls me twice. She knows if she calls me, like if my phone rings twice, my wife, it's, my wife is at the hospital right now with our son, James. He's in the hospital with RSV and I just spent the night with him. So she knows that if I, I don't answer my text message or my phone call, she, if she calls me twice, it'll get through my silent, right? Yes. And then so with my, with my assistant. So if that happens, I will pause this and, and go to it, especially now with my son in the hospital. But I'm the text message of her saying, Hey, can you pick up this from the store? And I know that I can do that on the way to pick up the kids. So, uh, that is something that is a challenge for me still is being, uh, feeling like everything's an emergency or not even necessarily an emergency for me, but important, right? I like, I've got to get to everything. I've got, everybody needs a response. There's, I, I hate to say it, but there's, there's hundreds of emails in my inbox right now that are just not a priority for me right now with everything that I have going on in my life. And those people are waiting to get a response from me and may never get one. Right. Yeah. And you have to, you know, you have to remember you're in control of your life. This is your life. It's not theirs. And we each have to live it in the way that's right for us. So what's a priority for you right now was different than what it was a week ago. So totally. I love this. Um, This is awesome stuff. What else? What's next? Okay. Um, The next thing I would say is, um, twofold. The first thing is, um, don't be afraid to say no and detect your limits before they hit. This all goes back to this control thing, right? So I would see people in the corporate world that I'd see their days stacked up, you know, they're on my team and they'd be on the verge of tears. Like, how am I supposed to go to all these meetings? There's all these expectations of me. They have double, triple meetings every hour of the day. I'd say, So you basically set yourself up to fail and you basically set other people up to think that you are not reaching their expectations because you haven't set a boundary for yourself. You haven't said no, you haven't clearly communicated what you are capable of or what you have time for. So I think that's important to be able to say no to other people um, and also to be able to detect a limit before it hits. This was to me when I had a team in the corporate world of about 130 people. And the people that were the best performers were the ones that could detect what was going to happen before it did, right? It's either their intuition, it's experience, it's patterns that they're noticing, whatever it is. But uh, let let me give an example on this. Um, in the corporate world, I knew about once every three or four weeks, I, cause when I work, I work with like the utmost intensity. It's not ever like 
I'm not sure if I can swear on this show, but uh, half-assed, you know, it's, it's not ever halfway. I'm either all or nothing. So when I work, it's so intense, but I would always know that every three or four weeks, I really needed just like a day off, like just a break to do nothing and recover. So that is my responsibility, not my bosses, not my companies. It's my responsibility to be able to detect that and know it and plan ahead of time so that I'm taking care of myself. Um, That prevents those things like my brain getting tired or snapping on people because I'm just at my total limit all the time. So I think that's important for us to, to remember and to live by in our daily life. I think that that saying no is, was the hardest for me a few years ago, because Mm -hmm. I remember when it, to use this seven figure flipping company, I had my other company, Blackjack Real Estate. We were, I, I was the visionary integrator. I was doing a lot of the, the day-to-day work in the business. I was working a full, full job there. I was still flying for the military, doing a full job there. And then I was also helping be, be as one of the mentors inside of seven figure flipping. So what I found was I was just saying, yes, I felt like I had to be everything to everyone all the time. And I was saying yes. And if anybody wanted a, a call, then I would jump on a call with them or even though it wasn't necessarily part of the program, but I said, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll do that. And then, and then I said yes to them. Go ahead. It's what got you to that level of success to that point, but it was also the ceiling that you hit. So you're either going to stay and be like um, above average and really good, like, wow, you are a VP in a company, right? But are you ever the owner? Are you ever the total boss? And to get to that height of your capability that's the skill that you have to have is the one to say no. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You have to be able to kind of delegate and elevate yourself, you know? Yeah. And so, so at that point, I, was, I just didn't say no. I just said yes. And then I, I was doing it at night and I would, okay, hey, I can work it in. I'll, fi- I'll figure out how to do it. Or I'm driving to this next location and I'll just talk to you in the car on the way or I'm driving down to Pensacola. Let me load six hours of phone calls on the way to Pensacola to catch up with everything and saying no was the hardest thing. And then someone told me and it's stuck in my head and I don't, I don't know where I read it or who told me this, but anytime, if I just thought that anytime I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else right. and then taking that other, that something else and making it really important to you. So in my mind, I said, okay, if I'm saying yes to them after five o'clock, I'm saying no to spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing all of this to spend time for, with my family. So I'm just going to start saying no. And it's still hard for me to say no because I, we want to be kind of people pleasers. We want people to be happy. But what I found a lot of times is when you set that boundary that you're talking about, then that, that sets the limit. People respect that. It, it's saying no is okay. And the other thing is, I'm, especially with the people in the seven-figure flipping group, I'm also teaching them how to say no. Like they have to understand that uh, I'm sorry. This is this is not what this is not what we do. This is not what I do. This is th- this is the boundary within what we do and how we operate. And it's just it's a no. I'm sorry. Like I I do have time for you. It's set up this way, this way, and this way. And if that doesn't work, we'll find a solution for it or get you what you need. Um, but saying no is really, really hard. And then the other side, what you're talking about and kind of seeing the future before it happens, uh, in the military aviation world, we call that situational awareness. We call it SA. 
So situational awareness is really understanding where you are and what's going to happen and almost like projecting what is, could potentially happen in the future and going through some problem solving ahead of time. So yeah. you really have to understand where you are in space, what could potentially happen and kind of see a couple steps ahead in anything. And so I feel like that is really powerful in business when you can kind of think through what could potentially happen if you go to, it's almost, I don't, you remember those choose your own adventure books? I don't know if you ever yeah. read those when you were a kid, but I, I used to love those things. And so I would go down this path, I would choose this adventure and then I'd go, oh crap, I'm going to die. I'm going to go back and then I'm yeah, going to start again. <laughs> yeah. So I can kind of, it's, I, I kind of look at it like that where, where, if I can look two or three steps ahead, I can start thinking what could potentially happen, some of the potential issues, and then help ahead of time, kind of like my own, like, I don't know, mini time machine by a couple hours. But, and so we work through that kind of problem solving techniques all the time in, in the military. And I think that was a good translation to business that helped me along with that combination of saying no, like you said. So uh, cool stuff. Yeah. And when you don't say no, and when you're not thinking ahead about your own personal limits, what happens is, you know, we're, we get signals all the time from our brain that are telling us we're tired, we're getting tired, we're going to be worn out, and we ignore them all the time. That's a huge problem. I, I want you to think about like how you're, we, you have to think about your brain and your body being one in the same, okay? So you wouldn't go to the gym and go do bicep curls or whatever, one exercise for eight hours straight, right? I mean, what would happen to your body, your muscle, everything? It would become fatigued. It would become swollen. It would become lame, right? So what do you think happens when you're working your brain all day long? It's bombarded with notifications and bombarded with information and we say yes to everything and we have no limits. We're just exhausting that brain. So, you know, tired work doesn't mean better results. Tired work and tired brain means tired results. So we have to protect that at all costs. And so do our leaders, right? So the people that are setting the culture and the tone and the work ethic, they need to also prioritize those things because work isn't just nine to five anymore, right? It's 24 seven. So we have to start prioritizing that. Yeah, especially as the owner of these companies, because we set the example for our staff too. So, you know, making sure that you're setting that example and if, if we're productive and, and then we can also teach them a lot of these techniques and, and habits and things like that. My dad used to say when I was a kid, he would say, uh, you, you were talking about the muscle. He would say, my brain is my biggest muscle. He used to always ah. talk about his brain. So he's like a nerdy engineer. So I think if I worked my bicep for eight hours, I would just have like one really huge arm. The other, the whole rest of my body would be so funny. So, um, but yeah, my dad is, he's, uh, he was always be like, I'm going to flex, I'm flexing this today. And yeah. So he's always talking about his brain. It's really funny that you said that. That's so. funny. My mom uh, was the same way. She uh, has her doctorate in molecular biology. She's just phenomenally smart and was always about the brain. So we always had biology lessons at our house. So Yeah. When I was wrestling, I'd go to the gym all the time and we were working out in high school and lifting weights. Yeah. And my, my dad would just say, I got, I got way bigger muscles than you right here. And so- yeah. Um, and he was right. He, he's, he's pretty much always right, but I'm, I'm growing mine. So I've been working on it, uh, and catching up to him hopefully. So, you know, okay. Another thing that you can do really quickly is, and I want to share 
that some of these things, these suggestions that we just talked about, they're hard for people to train their brain to do, right? Like they're, they have found a path to these behaviors and it's really hard to purposely correct yourself all day long on your own. So my suggestion to everybody would be what I say is WWJD, right? I mean, a lot of people think, oh, what would Jesus do, right? The, the phrase that was popular 10, 20 years ago. But for me, this was what would Joan do? So um, there was a woman that I used to work with out in Seattle. Oh my goodness, she was phenomenally brilliant, just a bulldog on every implementation that we did together. And she was so calm and so cool and so collected. And here was me like a 26 year old frazzled mess and stressed out. And she just let nothing get to her. And I, what I would do because I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out the behavior by myself, how to be calm and cool when I felt so stressed. And so what I start, started to do was say, well, what would Joan do? And it brought me out of an emotional state um, and at times of stress. And it made me think logically. And it made me think about what someone else would do that I couldn't figure out how to do myself. And as soon as I um, put my mind um, onto someone else, I was able to figure out what the appropriate behavior or reaction was. And what that ended up doing was it allowed me to retrain my brain when I was reactive, when I was mad at an email that came in, when I wanted to tell someone off, when, you know, whatever, who knows what happened, something stressful. It was like, it allowed me to take a step back, become logical, and then take action from there. So that might be helpful for some people. Well, I think after this, it's going to be what would Nina do. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I'm going to be thinking about because I'm going to walk into my office tomorrow and go, you know what? Uh, Jen, clear my schedule till 10 o'clock tomorrow because I'm cleaning out my office. I need to clear, clear my space. And then I also need to build in lunch. I need to build in um, a snack or a walk or get up from my desk. I'll tell you, some days when I am just working nonstop and I'm flexing my brain muscle all day, I get up and my legs are sore. I haven't even gotten up all day. You know, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm getting no fresh air. I'm getting no, no, um, no blood flow. I am just sitting here in the zone and didn't eat lunch. Didn't even like just, I, instead of having to go pee, I just held it. I got to get my work done. And then next thing I know, the end of the day, I am just completely drained. Like I just ran, you know, a 50 miler. Right. Yes. Um, that's how I am too. Naturally, I would say how I'm wired is I am a workaholic. I could just do work every day, all day, and I would be obsessed with it. But it's unhealthy, right? Because we're more than just work. We have a whole life around us that we've built and that there's just more, more to the world and more to our time than just working. Yeah, you know, there's, I, I, I go back to this time thing because I'll pretty much, I, I'd like to think that most people that listen to this podcast are looking, they're entrepreneur, entrepreneurial in nature. They're looking to build a business that either runs with them or could run without them and systemizing and automating a lot of what they do and whether it's people, whether it's process, all of those things. And most people's goals, when I talk to them about like, why are you doing this? What is it for? It's usually time. I want my time back. We're basically buying our time back, right? And whether it's time with my family or to do what I want or to choose how hard I need to work or what, maybe I want to retire early and, and travel or maybe I want to, just want to take three months off and 
live in the Caribbean for three months. Well, they, like I feel like we mismanage our time so much, but we're trying to get it back. There's a, w- William Penn was this like, um, a Quaker, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, we have, uh, back he's, uh, it was probably a like hundred years ago. So he's got an awesome quote about time. It's time is what we want most and what we use worst. So yeah. time is what we want most and what we use worst. And it's totally true. We just spend like, I, I feel like I just run and run and run some days and I don't get anything that I plan to get accomplished. I totally remember when I was just getting started in the real estate business, I felt like I was a hamster on a wheel. I was just spinning and spinning and spinning. I didn't have a lot of direction. I didn't have uh, a lot of focus. I was just, like you said, busy, busy work. You know, I wasn't actually executing on the things that I needed to that, that would move the needle mostly because I didn't necessarily know what that was at the time. Yeah, not to say that that hustle isn't important, right? Like that that initial start in anybody's business, you're going to be the technician in all things. Yep. And you're going to learn and make mistakes. And that is time well spent until you get smarter, right? And then you have to go, how do I get better? How do I not need to touch everything? How do I be more in control? How do I live a better life? How do I be a better person? So you know, your, your hustle in the beginning and feeling like that was important to the journey. But at some point you got to go, all right, how do I step it up a few levels? Yep. That journey is, I think the most important. So if I went back, I wouldn't change a single thing that happened Yeah. because I needed to, I needed all those learning lessons, but now I still find myself falling back into that. And I think it's like what you talked about. You got to kind of untrain yourself and retrain yourself a lot of times and really focus on that. So if I really want my time back, that doesn't mean go in my off. I remember like last year, I spent a lot of my, the lunchtime that I had, I would go out to lunch with my wife. We would go out to lunch and I would say, hey, let's, you know, I, I don't have a ton going on today. Let's, uh, let's just go to lunch on Friday from 11 to 1. Yeah. And I feel like since, you know, the purchase of this company about six months ago, a lot of that has been focused. And that's probably where a lot of this is coming from. I need, need to continue to kind of automate some of that stuff, but we're not none of us are perfect, right? I want that time back. And I kind of jumped into another project effectively that sucks, you know, 40, 50 hours of my time on a regular and consistent basis. So just being cognizant of that from what it sounds like and really clearing the space, not doing, just doing business, busy work, prioritizing, executing, say no. A lot of times I'm saying yes on day-to-day things right now that I don't need to be saying yes to because I I feel like I'm in a, a different job role, a different space and uh, things like that. And then don't ignore your brain. That's what I took from these last, uh, you know, 30 minutes. Don't ignore your brain as big because a lot of times, like you said, I can just, I can just work and work and work. Yeah. We're intuitive beings. You know, we get messages from our brains, our bodies all day long, but we choose to ignore them. So it's important not to. So well, why don't I do this? Why don't I tell you how to actually plan your day if yes. you're using that planner? So, all right, here were the takeaways that from my years of research that I came up with. There's three main steps to planning your day, okay? And each one, there's intricacies within each one, but I'll start at the top. The first is when you're thinking about your upcoming week, you want to do a brain dump. I wish I had a prettier name for that, but that's what it is. The idea is that you are going to document every possible thing that you can think of that you have to do. 
Now, this could be, you know, as big as I need to hire somebody, I need to create a toolkit or a methodology for my company, all the way down to I need to do laundry this week, right? So it doesn't matter. The point is, is that you get it out of your brain because your brain is tired from thinking about it. You have a running list going all the time, put it on paper, get it down. Now, this could even be a task that you go, this is something I have to do in five weeks from now. Great, write it down. Doesn't matter. Get it out of your brain so you don't have to feel guilty about it anymore that it's in there and you might forget. Okay. So it's, when when is the best day to do that? Well, for me, it depends on uh, my time. But I would say for me, I either do it Friday afternoon for the next week coming up or I do it Sunday afternoon or evening. And my uh, husband, Mitch, who's also my business partner in our real estate investing business, he knows like, hey, this is my planning time. Don't bug me. I need a solid 60 to 90 minutes. For me, that's how it is. We have real estate investing. And then I also have Boldly and Co. We have two kids. We've got a life to run. So for me, I need 60 to 90 minutes. That's not what it is for everybody, but that's what I like. And I'll tell you what, just the immediate feeling that you get from just writing the things down, just so you don't lose them, is it's an immediate stress reliever. Anxiety, out the door. So that's the first step. Is and I got one more question. Is this something that you're adding to on a regular basis? Or is this something that you just focus on that 60 minutes and you're dumping everything out? Uh, Becca Shea says, dump all the toys on the table. That's what she yeah. calls it. Yeah, totally. So um, I do add to a brain dump every week um, as the week goes on because you do want to be flexible. You, you don't want to say like, I have to be so rigid and if I didn't plan it in or think about it, then it doesn't exist. It does exist. So I might put it in that week's brain dump, or I might say, you know what? I don't have time for this this week. So I'm going to put it in next week's brain dump or a month out, but I've got it captured. It's in my planner. It's on the list. Okay. So the next important part with this brain dump is you need to categorize what each item is. So th this is a huge problem for a lot of people. You think because it's on the same list, that doing laundry is just as important as you creating that toolkit so that someone you can delegate tasks to someone else on your team. They're not the same weight. So you've got to be real with yourself and you've got to say, what is this task? So you can categorize things to me in four ways. The first is it's a priority and you can only have two to three priorities in a week. Okay, so this means you've got to be purposeful, thoughtful, focused, and critical about those things. You can have two to three priorities. Another category that something can fall in is urgent, right? So it's uh, time critical. You have to get it done by a certain day, and there's probably some urgency behind it. Um, just because something's urgent, though, doesn't mean it's a priority. So don't get those two things mixed up. I see a lot of people that are executives that cannot figure out the difference, and that's a problem. So you're already ahead of the game if you can figure out that a priority is not something urgent. They can be the same. They can, like, be a priority can be urgent, but it's not always. Um, the third thing is delegate, right? Can I delegate this task? And 
what a lot of people do with delegating is they go, it's going to take me too much time to delegate that. I'll just do it myself. But what they've got to do is think about a few steps ahead, right? If I spend an hour teaching Susan in my office how to do this, she takes five hours off my plate from here forward every week. So you've got to think about the trade-off there. And then the last category is everything else. <laughs> so you've got a priority item, urgent, delegate or delegation item, and just everything else. So um, that's important that you're being critical about your task. It means you're being purposeful about your life and where you want to spend your time. So that's the first step is a brain dump where you say, what is each task and how do I weigh each task? I love it. This is, uh, I, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here and take notes yeah. because I feel like I'm on my own, like personal coaching call of exactly what I need in my mind. The way that my mind works is there's constantly things that are popping up in my head that are to do's that yeah. need to go on a list. And 30 minutes later, gone, gone. What was that? Ah, oh, man. And I feel like my brain works so hard going back to that file looking for it. And then eventually it will come out. It usually I'm pretty good. I'd say about 90% of the time it hits me and it usually hits me in the wrong place. I'll be like <laughs> driving down the road or I'm in the shower or I'm at a point where I'm like, Oh, I don't have a notepad here. I can't just write this down. So um, think about all that energy that goes to trying to remember it or not forget it or whatever it is. And that's why you just want this brain dump. So you don't have to spend energy and brain energy on that. So um, now another thing that we promote at Boldly & Co and that we include every single week in your brain dump and in planning and every day is a reminder of well-being. So for me, like when, when I started doing this research, like I said, I was literally on the verge of a breakdown. I literally thought, I I'm going to go insane. Like so I I was like watching myself from the outside and I was like, I'm really going to lose it and I better get it together. So thinking about your whole life is important for me. Like I said, I'm a workaholic. I could just write my to-do list every week and all it has to do is work, work, mm -hmm. work, work. I need to do my businesses and that's it. That's all I want to do. But I get this reminder now in my planner that says, did you think about nutrition? Did you think about movement? Did you think about sleeping? <laughs> Did you think about, you know, relationships or my community or, right? And it's just these little check boxes. And I'm not going to be able to focus on all of them every week, but have I thought about something more than work? So I stay a healthy, well-rounded person. So that's important too, that I literally write in work out because if it's on my list, I'll do it. So. I, I got to get those things in. Um, okay. Now, once you've done the brain dump, the next thing that you want to do separate from the brain dump is you want to be aware of your meetings and commitments. So for me, I have them in an electronic calendar. I have my husband's, I have mine, I have my businesses. I have all, you know, I have like five different calendars I've got to keep track on and sync up into one. But I handwrite those into my planner. It makes me extremely aware of what my day is going to look like, feel like when I have breaks. And what I do, the, the whole purpose of that 
is to understand how much real time you have to be productive with the tasks that you just wrote down in your brain dump, right? So what we do always is we like write a to-do list, but we don't actually think about how much time we have and (laughs) then we fail. Every week we don't get stuff done instead of being like, hmm, I have 10 hours of meetings this week. I have another 10 hours of driving. So really I might only have 20 or 30 hours to be productive between Monday through Friday or you know whatever your work week looks like. So that helps you really see and feel what a day is gonna look like. And that helps you know where you can plug in which tasks from your brain dump. Okay, the next thing that you wanna do though is you only assume that you have 75% of the time available. So let's say in a day, I go, I've got, um, I'm here in my office and I'm able to do work for eight hours today. And I have four hours set aside for these meetings and calls I have to have and lunch and whatever else. So I have four hours to do work. But the reality is, and what always happens, is you really probably only have three. You only have 75% of that available time because something always comes up, something always goes wrong, something takes longer than you expected. So when you pack your schedule so full, you're just setting yourself up to fail every day and every week. And then that also sets you up to not be able to communicate properly with those around you, right? Those around you are thinking you're getting all that stuff done, but you should have known from the start that that's not possible. So hope that helps. <laughs> that's awesome stuff. I mean, I, I, you're right. There's, I think if I, even if I turn everything off, I turn off the notifications, I turn off the email, all that stuff. There's still things that pop up or things that usually take longer than I anticipated a lot of times, or I need to go get more information to execute and finish that task. So then I move on to something. And it felt so good and you didn't want to end the task. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's always the case. I'll schedule something for an hour. It'll take an hour and 30 minutes, hour 15. It's always, always happens. So Hey, when you're when you're doing that day, when you're planning your day and writing everything down, um, are you doing that each morning or the night before the next day, or are you doing that for the whole week? So I typically, when I plan for the week, I do my brain dump. I write in my meetings and commitments in pencil because things change, right? And then I start plugging in the things from my brain dump mm. from the week. Now I do revisit it in the evening in the morning of, because things can change. And you're, you know, I don't want someone to feel like they have to be so rigid. I don't like feeling so rigid. I like change. I like having to switch things up. That's kind of how my brain works a little bit. So that's okay. But yes, I, I try to have a good plan at the start of the week so I can communicate as effectively as possible with my team and people around me. But I do revisit it every day, like a quick check. Does this still feel the same? Priorities feel the same. Urgent things feel the same and then change if I need to. So it's probably like when a podcast host sends you a Facebook message and says, hey, my son's in the hospital. I actually have to spend the entire day there and night there. Can you maybe shift our interview to the next day? And so that's fortunately in pencil. So you can erase it and say, oh, actually, yeah, I am open at that time because I saved some time. I only blocked out a certain amount of my time. So it's 
it's nice to know that two days before our interview, actually it was the day before, I had to send you a message and say, hey, look, th- these are a couple options that I have for us to do because things happen, right? Things yes, come up. Exactly. Right. exactly. So now here's the next step. I mean, so we talked about, right, you're going to start with a brain dump and you're going to think critically about what category each of those tasks belong in. Then you're going to think about your meetings and commitments and understand how much time you really have available to get work done in that week. Now, here's where the brain dump comes back into play. When you categorized an item, that item belongs at a very specific time in your day, if it's possible. So we each have like zones, right? I I don't know about you, Bill, but for me, I have a green, a yellow, a red zone, and then for a little bit, I get a green zone again, okay? What I mean by that is my brain works so well at certain times, and it doesn't happen to be between nine and five. For me, my green zone where I'm like, I am sharp, I'm creative, I'm strategic, I just feel like I could zone in for hours, it's like five in the morning until maybe like noon. I'm so good. I am so good. So why would I put everything else, you know, in my little category, everything else, why would I put the laundry in my green zone? I should be putting my priority item, the thing that's strategic, that's going to move my life ahead, my business ahead. That's what I want to try and get into those hours within a day. So example, I try not to do email in my green zone. I do email when I'm like, my brain is feeling a little bit tired. It's um, anytime after probably 12 o'clock until evening. That's when I handle email because my brain is just reactive. It's grown tired from doing that hard strategic work between 5 a.m. and noon. So when you're going to plug in the items from your brain dump that you just did, you're trying to say, when is my green zone? And when does my brain work the best or optimally? Now I'm going to plug those priorities into my green zone and I'm going to plug the everything else items into my, you know, a yellow or red zone where I'm just not as sharp. This is really interesting stuff because everybody's a little bit different here, you know, and knowing who the other people that you work with or work for, where they are productive and optimal too, can be a really big thing, especially I'm, I'm just thinking about my lead intake team, the, the girls that answer the phone. If I had someone who's super productive from seven to 12, and then somebody who's more of an afternoon person who's a two to five, really knowing that and then what tasks you actually as a manager give them during those times for that are high workload tasks or you know, high focus type tasks, you could probably make your team a lot more of a powerhouse than they currently are and get a lot more productivity about out of the same amount of time. Yeah. I, I think about uh, Mike Simmons. I was talking to him the other day. He sent me a message at, I think it was about 1030 at night here in central time, which means it's 1130 for him. And he's asking about James and how he's doing in the hospital. And I said, yeah, you're up pretty late. He goes, oh, this is nothing. I'm up till 2am pretty much every day. And right. I said, what? Oh my gosh, I like wake up at that time and become productive some days. It's I'm early morning and he's a late evening. So a lot of times, you know, we're totally different people where if I set a meeting for us as a staff at 8 a.m., he's not loving it and he's way more productive in the evening. So it's definitely definitely really cool stuff. I, I, I do this uh, pretty well, I think. I'm an early morning person. If uh, I love waking up at 
four thirty, five o'clock while my family's sleeping. And from five to seven, I can just get everything done. I can schedule the emails to go out later in the day and things like that. And I can really kind of just knock off. Just yeah, I can hammer through stuff at lightning speed, like two times speed. Yes. Yep. That's how I am too. And you know, knowing your green, yellow, and red zones, it doesn't. You can't just you know, shirk responsibility. Like, well, I'm in my red zone. I can't show up to the meeting, but it's just having that knowledge that if it's possible, you want to be operating during those green zones and doing the right tasks, the bigger tasks, the more more important tasks, you know, at the right time for your brain and body. So it's being aware of yourself and um, understanding yourself and then being able to share that with others. Because if, like you said, if others can help you accommodate that, you're going to be a powerhouse. Yep. It's, it's awesome stuff. I know we don't have a lot more time, so I, I want to be respectful of your time. Of course, I could probably talk to you for another couple hours. On yeah, this. Right? You have just like gold. <laughs> this is all liquid gold of uh, what I, I mean, I have a pages and pages of notes here for myself because this is this is an area that we can all work on. It doesn't matter how how great you are. And guys, if you're listening, Nina doesn't just talk about this stuff. She also practices this. I mean, I as I'm listening to her, I'm here in her red zone and her green zone because when I when we did have to reschedule, she said, um, I said, hey, my assistant will reach out to you for another time since you can't do right now. She said, okay, well, um, I'll send her a message tonight when I'm back in front of my calendar and my uh, planner to see you know, what, when I can work out, but I'm, I think I'm pretty free later in the week, but it was the nighttime in her red zone that she took care of that. So it's pretty obvious now listening to all of this, that you, you obviously live, sleep, eat and breathe this stuff, which is incredible because what has it done for your life? Like how has it changed you and your happiness in your life since you started doing this? Well, you know, when I was going through that moment 10 years ago, it was about 2008, 2009, where I was like, I'm going to have a breakdown. The thing was, is that I'm an extremely competitive person, right? I want to win. I want to be the best. I'll do whatever that takes. No You're matter. speaking my language. You're yeah. Speaking. You know, no matter what that does to me, I don't care. If I'm the, you know, victim of my own hard work, I guess that's, that's what it is. Like, I, it was about winning all the time. However, after I came up with this methodology of, you know, the habits I wanted to keep so that my brain was as clear as possible and this planning method, the results that I saw in myself and in my own team members, like I said, I had a team of 130 people that I was growing at the same time. What I saw was improved communication, less stress, less anxiety, um, I was able to command more promotions, earn more money. I mean, I was as productive as three people. So three full-time people, I was like, that's okay. I, I got it. I'm getting, I'm doing their jobs. No big deal. So how valuable do you think I was to the company that I was with and how valuable could I be to the next company I wanted to be with or to be able to start my own company? So for me, it changed my whole life. I also saw it change the lives of the people on my team, you know, that I was working with and leading and um, helping to teach and grow. Um, it also eventually allowed me to leave. Both my husband and I now have, you know, we've left our corporate jobs. We run our own real estate investing business and we practice this every day. And um, I started Boldly & Co. So for Boldly & Co, you know, I said, I've got this methodology. I've got this information. 
it is, I, I think it is vital to somebody's life and, um, and their happiness and their health. And I said, man, more people need this information. And a lot of leaders don't teach it or they don't know how to teach it. They just tell their people, get more done. And oh, by the way, be more balanced. Oh, okay. So when you have these tools and you have this information, well, now you can actually do something with it. So that was my goal was to create something real and bring it to the world. And my, my entire life is different. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's really good stuff. So what, what does the company do now? So you, you, have, a biz, you have a business partner in that company? Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, so it's my friend, Mary, and we're both from Kenosha, <laughs> Wisconsin. And um, we went to kindergarten together, surprisingly enough. We went to kindergarten and then um, we ended up going to the same college together. And uh, yeah, we got together as adults and I said, look, I have this idea for a planner. And it's, it's more than just the planner. It's the method. It's the thinking. It's the mindset that all these other planners out there don't capture. Another planner is just a glorified notebook, right? Or a journal. I'm like, look, I want something to, like I said, be the best. I want to get the most done. I want to, you know, whatever. So I told her, I go, but I don't know how to create, I don't know how to design a planner. And Mary is a graphic designer mm. and was working for some really big companies out there. And I said, if you believe in this, I want you to do it with me. And she said, so you know, I hate planners and I don't use them because they all suck. <laughs> and I was like, well, we're off to a good start. And uh, basically she came back and she said, I looked over your methodology and your research and I believe in it and let's go. So we started this company. We created a Kickstarter campaign to get the funding to develop the product and get it printed and get people behind it. And it really spread. And now we not only sell our planners, which have this methodology, it comes with a training that teaches you the methodology and the mindset information. But then we also do coaching with it and help people who are either trying to grow, you know, or climb that ladder in the corporate world or starting their own business or are successful entrepreneurs to say, you can be better and we'll show you how. That's awesome stuff. So how long has, how long has the company been running now? We've been, well, we started about two years ago, but we spent a good nine months in that kind of development phase of developing the planning uh, planner and our um, offerings in terms of coaching. So just for a little bit over a year now, and it's going really well. Awesome. I, I went to the website. I thought it was really cool to see everything that you had. You've got a lot of different options there. You've got some really cool stuff. So if somebody wants to check it out, wants to buy one, how can they get one? How can they kind of yes. go get one? Absolutely. You guys? They can go to our website, which is boldly and co B O L D L Y A N D C O.com boldly and co.com. And you can go to our shop and you can pick up the planner there. And the cool thing about the planner is that you can either pay for it in one lump sum or you can pay for it a little bit at a time every month. So we kind of give that option to people based on what, what uh, feels good to them. So if they pay by the month, do they just get a month of a planner and it keeps coming every month or what does no, that look like? No, it's a, a trust-based system. So let's say that they pay $8.95 a month for six months we uh we ship a six month planner so they get they make one payment for that first month they get the whole planner 
and then they'll just be charged another eight ninety five for the next five months after that. Okay, cool. So like a subscription service. You guys are very trusting with that. We are. And you know what? Of all the planners that we've sold in the past um, year or so, we've only had one person who canceled their subscription halfway through and it was because something happened with their credit card. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when their credit card, they got their credit card info, they came back. So it's, the system has worked for us. And for me personally, I kind of live in a way where I prefer to trust than not. Yep. Me too. And I, so I love it. I, it's really, a, it's really cool stuff. And I mean, everything that you're saying is hitting home for me. It's like, there's not a single thing that you said that I don't need to work on and awesome. be better at. And I think everybody that's listening is exactly that. Most people that listen are these high driven entrepreneur type folks that are the high D on the disc, you know, yeah. they're just like, go, go, go need to win all of those things. And um, so I think we can all, all relate to a lot of this stuff. Um, it's exciting. I'm, I'm ready to use one right now. So it's, <laughs> you guys go check it out. Uh, obviously this, these podcasts are not typically really heavy sales pitches, but if there's something that like, the stood out to you guys support our friend Nina. She's fantastic. It's obvious that, I mean, I want to, I want to book an hour just to get more one-on-one uh, -on -one time and figure out what some of my problems are. Cause look, if we can get a little bit more efficient, just a little bit more efficient, it goes a long way. You were saying you get better uh, performance, you get uh, happier, um, uh, happier staff members, happier self, right? All of these things, you start getting some time back that translates immediately to the bottom line of a company. So the investment that you make, and this goes for a lot of things that I talk about. It goes for investments in my health, in my personal life, my um, business coaching, my, you know, planning, all of the, all of the things that you spend money. This is an investment in yourself and your business and your life, frankly, more than it is a, an expense or something that, that might, it, and I've been on their website, guys. The cost is is minimal compared to the return I think that you're going to get for for a planner like this. And it's it's even more than that. Like you said, it's a system, right? 100%. It's a way to go about living your best life in 2020 right now. So I'm going to, I know that we're not going to put this out until the beginning of January, but I'm going to make sure that we get this information out to some of our members and some of our people. And I'll post on my personal page and drive some people there saying, Hey, we just did this interview. You need to get this before the end of the year, because is this something that they can just get any time or is it something that is heavy in January? Yeah, it's, um, we initially started our company with a dated planner. But we found we got so much feedback that people more so wanted an undated planner. So you now get six months where you can use those weekly pages anytime you want. You've got six months of weekly and daily planning. So you can buy it at any time, um, but certainly start your 2020 off right and go get it now. Awesome. And I saw, I saw some, somebody do a Facebook live of themselves, like opening it and everything like that on nice. one of your sites as I was preparing for this. So, um, it looks like it also comes with like a training or a CD or something where they actually watch how to use it. Is that right? Yeah. When you get the planner, Oh, I'm like so excited about this. I love this part. So when you get the planner, you get a link that no one else gets, but you get a link that brings you to our training and we teach you how to do the methodology, how to do it in your planner. And then we also go through mindset tips, like just like what we were talking about at the very start. So, um, you know, and again, like I said, that's the difference is we're not a glorified notebook. We are a methodology. This is proprietary information backed by research, backed by science. They just say, how do you bring your life to another level? 
Yeah, this is awesome. It falls right into the kind of the wheelhouse of <clears throat> the kind of stuff that I love that we that we do at Seven Figure Flipping, right? It's it's a it's a mindset, it's a methodology, it's a it's a system and a process, and it's support. It's a support network. It's the it's somebody who you can almost like lean on at, that they have the experience. They're showing you how to use it, how to do it, and how to do it right, as opposed to like you said, I, I every year I get a notebook. I get a notebook with a bunch of calendars on it and some to-do lists and stuff. And it's just designed a little bit differently. So this is really, really cool stuff. I'm, uh, I hope that a lot of our members jump in on this because I think, I think it'll help them become more successful. And obviously they're more successful. We're more successful. Um, they stay longer. They, you know, it, I, I talked on the last podcast. We're the average of the five people we spend the most time with, right? You're spending time in your genius zone with the people that you want to, you brought in your kindergarten friend to be a business partner. You work with your husband in the real estate investment company. The kind of people that you're spending time with just is, is amazing. Same thing with our members. This is just another one of those kind of legs of the stool that we talk about a lot is it's just another coach. It's another person who can be a, a mentor for you in a little bit different space, right? So we got our CPAs who I brought on recently. We've got our lawyers. We've got our peer-to-peer network. We've got our systems and stuff like that. So um, I want to end it with a quote from uh, Dwight Eisenhower. So he's one of my favorite guys. He said, plans are nothing. Planning is everything. So plans are nothing. Planning is everything. And, you know, this, this is exactly what happens in my world on the battlefield is everything that happens on the battlefield starts in, in planning. When we used to go fly combat search and rescue exercises that would have 10 different platforms, people on the ground, we'd be firing weapons and missiles and bombs and, and landing in hot LZs and picking people up and stuff like that. We would take days and days, sometimes weeks of planning for an hour mission, a one hour flight. We would brief, we would, we would plan everything for days or weeks. We would brief for like two and a half, three hours together we'd go fly for an hour and then we'd come back and we'd debrief for another two or three hours. So it's not just the fact that we had a plan for what we were going to do. It's like the, the art of planning, everything that we put into it, all that upfront work delivers the best result on the back end. And it translates to business. It translates to life. It translates to everything. Like uh, people who get together as a family and do it, an annual retreat and plan their year. Those people probably run a very like an awesome family that does really cool stuff that they spent the time planning. If you show up the morning of and are like, all right, what are we going to do and where are we going to go? It's not necessarily, it's not, there's, there might be a lot of spontaneous people that really love that. It's not me. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, when I go to Disney world, I need to know exactly like, what, what is the structure of this going to be like and how long is the wait here? And then what can I st- slip in here? And I'm going to plan ahead of time. And cause 90 days prior, uh, I'm going to get my fast passes and I'm going to go on the coolest rides where the guy who shows up there is waiting in a four hour line or five hour line. So. Right. You know, and I, I will say, I have a lot of people say, I don't know if I'm interested in the planner because it seems like it requires some discipline. Yeah, it does. It does require discipline, but you either want life to be different or your results to be different and to change, or you just want the same thing. So it's really your choice. (laughs) I always say like, it's not my job to convince you. You either know that you need this and are going to follow through or you're not. This sounds like everybody that applies for seven figure flipping that I talk to. It's like, look, we, we have the, we have the resources, we have the program, we have a very, very high, high success rate. We have some great people. If you right. want to be a part of that, that's fine. If you don't, that's okay too. It's, right. I'm, I'm not going to be, because people say, well, what do you think I should do? 
whoa, no, no, no. Yeah, Don't no, ask no. me that. That's not happening. Um, it's like, um, okay, when I go out, I love um, acquisitions within real estate investing. I love it. It's like an art to me. It's a science to figure out how they're motivated. And But one of the best parts is giving someone their options. It's not my choice to tell them what they should be doing. I'm going to give you all the information and the options. Now it's up to you to figure out what your motivation is and choose the right option. So that's, that's exactly what it's like for seven figure flipping and for, you know, being disciplined enough to have a plan for your life. It's, you're either motivated enough to do it or you're not your choice. Yeah. I mean, it's all this stuff takes work. You want to change? Sorry. You actually have, it's, it's not the, uh, just give it to me world that everybody thinks it is. I want it now. Just give it to me. Give me the answer. Give me the solution. I want to be successful. Can you just tell me exactly how to be successful? You talked about the journey and the path and we have to go through that to come out of the back end of it and be successful and, and actually use our, our journey and, and what happened and all the failures along the way. You guys just heard me on my 2019 year in review, massive failures, tons of them. Pretty much every single, every single goal that we had in my company, Blackjack, we did not hit. We got close to some of them, but we didn't hit a single one of them. So that's an issue, right? I need to use this planner with the whole company. We need to figure out how to make sure it's not, it's, it's partially goal setting, but also partially execution. So, you know, the planning in the beginning of the year is everything. And we probably didn't spend enough time actually making sure that our goals were smart and that we had set the right ones. And then every quarter, like I said, we didn't focus on building out our quarterly goals against the annual. So Nina, I could talk to you for another couple hours. This is a really amazing stuff. And I hope, I hope our listeners go and buy like hundreds and thousands of planners from you and, uh, and get your support. That'd be awesome. And <laughs> because I know they'll be more successful. So I'm, I'm looking for one right now. I'm in the market and I think I found the right one. So this is a, a really good stuff. I'm going to go buy one guys. I hope you guys go buy one too. Boldlyandco.com. We'll put it in the show notes. And uh, thanks for taking some time out of the day today to spend with us on, on here. This, this was a perfect way, I think, to kick off our 2020, the, the start of 2020 on the podcast and the success habits that I think are going to lead people to where they want to go this year and, you know, over the next couple of years. Because it's also not just an annual journey that we're on. It's a, it's a three-year, five-year, 10-year journey that we're building each year. So the pages are still blank in, in the planner so we can kind of put on there and we're the ones that are going to put on those pages what we want to get accomplished for the year and I'm really excited to um, to see where we go this year and and going forward in this decade so thank you yeah thanks Nina it was a lot of fun talking to you and catching up and I'll see you soon bye Bye. Thanks for listening to the seven figure flipping podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.